You're listening to Solder and Soot, a NARSA Idea podcast. I'm Mark Taylor, Executive Director of NARSA Idea. I'm Bobby Duran, Chairman of NARSA Idea. This is our first podcast of 2023, so Happy New Year, Mark. Happy New Year, Bobby. This is so exciting to have three seasons of Solder and Soot. We're starting off 2023, our third season, and I know our listeners will really enjoy this episode with Riddish Kapadia, the president of U.S. operations for the Dolphin Group. This is ahead of our international tour in Jordan, Dubai, where one of the stops will be at Dolphin. Yeah, this interview is really special. Dolphin has been a a tremendous supporter of, of NARSA for many years and has agreed to open their doors to, to our members for NIT in Dubai. Um, Dolphin does a lot of really exciting things in the industry, and they got a lot of plans for our North American market as well. And, uh, and, and Riddish talks a lot about that in this interview. Hi, Riddish. It's great to have you today. Thank you for having me. So look, let's, let's jump right in and tell us what your position at Dolphin Manufacturing is. So, uh, well, presently, I'm the president. Uh, I am involved in sales, operations, product development, uh, purchasing, accounting, pretty much overlooking everything at this point. And it's been that way since we started the uh, U.S. operations, honestly. Uh, It was just me, um, and we had a couple of consultants who were helping me out. Um, when we set up the operations here, the warehousing, the logistics, all of that. Uh, and of course, you know, seven years later, obviously the team has built up. Uh, we have almost 11 people working for us on the U.S. side, um, which includes sales, admin staff, accounting, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much, that's, that's my role, which is kind of, you know, I've got my hands involved in pretty much everything. Okay. And then... Now your operations in the in the U.S. here. Uh, how many locations were you located? So we are currently in Fort Worth. Uh, we are actually moving to a much bigger warehouse uh, in March in Grand Prairie, which is just ten miles away. Uh, our second location is in Tampa. Okay. Uh, which is managed by our own employees, and then um, and then we work through a couple of consignment locations also. British, for, for those who are not familiar with Dolphin, can you describe your company and the services you offer, not, you know, as, as well as your distribution in the States, but more like what, what's the company all about? Where was it? Where is it located? Sure. So, uh, well, the company's owned by Mr. Northern, uh, Mr. Northern Jade Parwala. Uh, he moved from India in 1976 to Dubai, and he basically started his radiator shop. And uh, it was basically servicing, repairing, which is how he started off. And then in the in the 80s, he acquired a small copper blast plant in Sharjah, which is one of the Emirates in the UAE. Um, in the 90s, with the whole uh, you know the Gulf oil thing happening, that kind of helped him a lot. And that's how Dolphin expanded. You know. Uh, they got into heat exchangers, servicing marine uh, heat exchangers, you know, the U.S. Navy, all the different things that they were servicing there. And that's that's how they built up. Um, traditionally, you could call it a copper brass factory in the 80s. And then they acquired or purchased uh, everything for the aluminum plant in the early 2000s. And as of today, uh, Mr. Northern calls it a white labeling company, which basically means we service the OEMs 
by manufacturing products for them and then they sell it forward right that's that's some european term i'm not too familiar with that uh but that's that's what they do they do a lot of oem manufacturing a uh, lot of oes manufacturing um and then uh, as far as the us operations we started off with uh, class six, class seven, class eight trucks, uh, truck radiators, charger, coolers, condensers. And our plan was always to start off with something heavy duty, but eventually move towards uh, the off-road segment, which is where we specialize quite a bit. Uh, and we've been doing that for a long, long time. You're talking about, uh, you know, Caterpillar, Komatsu, Hitachi, uh, JCB, John Deere, uh, you know, agricultural units, forklifts. Uh, we do a lot of genset manufacturing. Uh, it is we can manufacture anything up to five megawatt wow. um, in a single core. And, you know, we do mechanically bonded cores. We do uh, shell and tube bundles. We manufacture pretty much everything, but we haven't introduced the whole production line here yet. We're still kind of, you know, getting our feet wet in different segments first, trying to understand how the markets work. Uh, just because you don't want to bring everything and put it on your shelf and not move it. Right. Well, and and let me interject real quick. For those of our listeners that are not used to listening to genset ratings in megawatts, just so they have an idea of how big five megawatt is, one of those eight core units that we think in the general radiant industry is big is probably anywhere from 1.5 to 2000 kilowatts which is two megawatts so a five megawatt unit big. is really really big so that's pretty, <laughs> that that's that's pretty impressive can we dig into a, a little bit more of the products you have because i know you guys do some really unique things yes um one of one of the most unique things that i'm aware of that you guys do that i think a lot of people don't know is you guys do mechanically bonded. Can you can you yes. talk about that a little bit? Sure. So, uh, well, we manufacture with our, uh, and, you know, all the tubes that we manufacture are in-house. We don't purchase any tubes. Uh, these are obviously seam-welded tubes. Uh, we have different thickness ranges in that as well. Uh, I mean, just to give you numbers in millimeters, the, the maximum tube thickness for a mechanically bonded tube, we can go up to 0.45 which is a fairly thick tube and obviously helps when the rounding process or the expansion process happens at the header plate. Uh, we've been doing that for a while. Uh, how we got into this line, I, I believe uh, a few years ago, they acquired a contract from the Indian Railway, uh, which is a bidding process. Uh, it's a bidding business. And even in India, you know, you have rules where they want an Indian manufacturing company uh, not anything outside the country for businesses like that, but Dolphin got lucky. And that's how we got into this line. We have the capacity to manufacture almost uh, 10 to 15 locomotive cores a day, which is pretty much mechanically bonded cores. Uh, so that's, uh, that's how we got into this. And then, you know, being in the Middle East, power is usually uh, generated to, you know, remote generators that's how you would see if you when you when you guys travel next month to to the uae you would see even the massive buildings they would have a big container gen set at the bottom of the building right and all these guys require servicing and there's only a handful of manufacturing companies in the uae who can handle that anyways uh, so that's how they got into it recently i think the past year and a half i would say 
on the US side, we've acquired quite a bit of interest uh, when it comes to mechanically bonded. So we do it for generators. We've acquired quite a bit of uh, business for locomotive cores. Uh, so we do quite a quite a lot of that. That's that's fantastic. So so Mr. Norton, Mr. Norton got into mechanically bonded the way a lot of radiator guys get into a lot of businesses. He won something. They said, "Can you do this?" Yes. And he said, "Sure, I could do this." Oh yes. And then what? And then once he got the bid, he said, "All right, <laughs> how are we going to do this?" <laughs> right. <laughs> but but that's when uh, when you guys meet him. That's his. That's been his attitude pretty much throughout. Uh, you know, the, the, the question you asked me, like what different products, anything related to engine cooling could be manufactured. Uh, I was there a couple of weeks ago and this is something pretty cool. What I saw was their condenser coil division was manufacturing a small cooler for the cryptocurrency, uh, for the mining stuff, right? And it's basically round copper tubes with thick aluminum plates. And they started manufacturing that for bitcoin miners or you know all these cryptocurrency miners and stuff like that so and you know they just somebody came in and basically asked can you do this and they said yes you know let's figure it out and they have a team of 15 to 20 engineers who can you know help solve the issues so there you go you know so so what you're saying is you manufacture heat exchangers for crypto but you don't accept crypto as payment not yet. <laughs> let, let it go up a little bit and then we might talk about it. Exactly. <laughs> so really, so, so I just wanted to, to uh, have some clarity about something. The, the mechanical bonded is being made in India. Is that correct? Is that what I... No, no, no. That, well, it, no? There, there was, there used to be a factory. Uh, I believe the name was Lloyd's okay. if I'm not wrong they, they, they've shut down now right. so they were okay. the the go-to in India for a long long time okay and I think they got bankrupt or something along those lines okay. but your mechanic your mechanically bonded now is being fabricated in in Ajman UAE everything uh, the complete manufacturing process for Dolphin everything is in Ajman which is basically 35 miles north of Dubai Dubai um okay. and uh, we are talking about a 250,000 square foot factory and they have different buildings. One of the buildings is dedicated for copper, brass and CNC machining. One of the buildings is for uh, your aluminum plant, which includes welding. You know, they've acquired a robotic welding machine now as well. Uh, plated bar, oil coolers, uh, packaging. Then you have your, uh, your tube weld machines. Uh, which are there as well. And then they have a separate building, which is specifically for the larger heat exchangers, uh, which is more of project or contract-based business. Uh, so they can do your rooftop coolers, the larger pressure vessels, the chillers, the steamers, uh, all of that. And then uh, the original place where Dolphin was founded, which is in Sharjah, which is the service division is 20 minutes away. Uh, which is still a fairly big uh, service shop. So it's not a small mechanic shop. It's it's huge, you know. And uh, I mean, if you talk about the Dolphin Group, you're talking about approximately 1,500 employees overall. That includes wow. the U.S. side and everything else. So it's it's a pretty big group. Now, British, you talked you talked about OEM and and OES and yes. and OES isn't always a term that we hear a lot here in right. in the United States. So I know that that's like the original equipment service side yes. of yes. Uh, of the OEMs. 
Now, the one thing that I haven't heard in all of this is automotive. Do you all do any automotive manu radiator manufacturing? We, we used to, and we I think we still do for the Middle East market. Um, okay. And they do a little bit of exports even today to Europe, uh, a little bit to Australia, a little bit to the African countries where they export. Uh, nothing for North America yet, although I would like to say they have acquired a uh, core assembly machine, uh, which can, you know, you could, you're probably talking about manufacturing 80 to 120 cores a day. Uh, they have purchased that. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons to do that is we want to expand in that category, uh, but not yet. Uh, you know, we want to study the market, you know, understand the competition, the part numbers, et cetera, et cetera, and see if it's worthwhile to even come in on this side and start marketing that. Because you know, we all know automotive is not a one piece, two piece business. You're talking about volume. Yeah. A lot of skews. So, yeah. I, I want to know how you got wrapped up into all this, Riddish. I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a long story. So my father's company, uh, we used to supply copper, copper and brass raw material to radiator manufacturing companies in India. We were the Aurobus agents for 20 plus years for the Indian market or Luata back then, or Autocompu, how it started off. K, uh, K, K, KME now. Uh, KME now, which we'll, we'll we see all what happens. Story. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say, when you said you were a copper supplier, I said, uh, I was going to say, British, we need to talk after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> so, so that's, you know, my father and uh, my father's company, which included my uncles and everybody, they... Uh, they used to supply material to cable manufacturing companies, radiator manufacturing companies, and that's how they came across to Mr. Northern. Um, and we supplied a lot of material for a long, long time to Dolphin. So it was more of a family relationship. And I finished my graduation year in Dallas at SMU, uh, and I was in India for a short two-week break. Um, which is where my dad takes me for dinner with Mr. Northern and Mr. Northern basically at the end of the dinner said, well, you know what? You don't have anything else going for you. Why don't you just come to Dubai for a month <laughs> and try it out? And I'm like, well, I've majored in economics. I have no idea what a radiator means. Uh, never even replaced one. Nothing along those lines. You know, he's like, you'll figure it out. Just just come along. <laughs> and Riddish, let me ask you something. Yeah. Was this was this an offer you couldn't refuse? Refuse. I <laughs> Honestly, he didn't even disclose the paycheck. My dad just said, go, you know, and I had to go. <laughs> and I, I think I think the interesting part for me was, well, I'll go to Dubai. You know, I'll stay there for a month. And if anything goes bad, you know what? I just lived in a different country altogether. So that was my motivational factor. But, uh, but no, I, I head to the factory. They, you know, uh, get a nice office. And he explains a few things. And he basically... Uh, had a couple of his engineers walk me around the factory pretty much for three hours every morning. So even though I didn't understand the mechanical engineering terms, I kind of understood how a unit is made, you know, what goes wrong, what could possibly cause an issue, et cetera, et cetera. And within that one month, I don't know, my luck or what, but I got, I got a little bit of business out of Canada, which was container-based business, right? Um, and that's when he offered me the job. And that one month basically converted into a year and a half. And I lived in uh, Ajman for a year and a half. Well, you know, Rich, I've heard of 
arranged marriages in India. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know I didn't know that you had arranged careers all oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how it went. And, and, <laughs> But you, you couldn't you couldn't be like, well, let me think about it. No, no. It was already it was, decided. It was decided. It was like, you got to go. I'm like, okay, well, fair enough. Um, and the, I mean, I had plans to come back anyways, because my wife, who was my girlfriend back at the time, she was like, well, it's been a year and a half. You know, long distance doesn't really work too well. Too well so yeah. you got to come back. So uh, one fun day I go to his cabin and I tell him, well, you know, this is this is it. You know, I've done quite a bit. And Thankfully, I got to travel the world, you know, working for that year and a half. I was in Africa. I went to Russia. I did quite a few things, you know, um, traveled around for whatever their export market was. Uh, and then uh, I was planning to come back. And he basically said, well, these are my plans for the U.S. market. You know, we've been we've been NARSA members since 2003, but we've never really you know, made a approach. Uh, and initially the plan was not to set up warehousing or anything of that sort. You know, we just wanted to, um, he wanted someone to represent Dolphin here, uh, physically being here and still get business directly for the factory. So that's how we went and approached the larger companies and everything else. But, you know, we were considered as a threat. We were considered as someone who is not capable of being a part of this market, et cetera, et cetera. So we went through that rough patch as well. And then we finally decided, well, you know what, warehousing and distributing here is the best approach if you want to be a part of the domestic market. And I did, I mean, I was traveling pretty much week in, week out, all of 2016, 2015, um, set up the warehouse and did everything and here we are. That's awesome. Can I ask you a question, Riddish? Yeah. Where, where does the name Dolphin come from? I think a lot of people have asked him that. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I believe he, what he was trying to tell me one day was Dolphin is a cold water fish. So it's cooling in a way, you know, kind of affiliated with that. So it's not, I, I don't have a concrete uh, answer. You should probably ask him when you see him next <laughs> next month, you know, what, <laughs> what it means. But that's the explanation I was provided, which wasn't the most satisfying answer for me. <laughs> so it could be something else. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Uh, I just, I always wondered that. So, what are dolphins' plans for the future? I mean, I've, I've walked by the uh, your your booths at uh, at Apex that you've had. I, uh, when you talk about you know servicing the heavy equipment markets, I see that you all have have done. Uh, manufacture some some pro some aftermarket products that yep. it seems like others are are slow to get into or or haven't done it um especially like you know the the modular types of radiators it seems like yep. your company has has taken on uh you know and evolved to you know uh be able to produce those those products which i think is a underserved part of the market so right how right. are you are you seeing are you getting a lot of traction with those with those types of problems we are we are pretty much every year you know uh we have I, I wouldn't call it bulk business in any ways but we do have a lot of traction when it comes to inquiries and you know people asking us to stock that product line here um and the good thing is um because we work with OES markets in Australia and Africa quite prominently, I would say 
twice the size of what we do here. Uh, you know, they've developed the complete aluminum locomotive panels. They've, they've developed the complete aluminum CAT 777F panels, you know, uh, which is very, very new in the market. You know, people are used to the flat fin copper or the flat fin steel panels still or the folded ones, right? right? So uh, yeah, we do get a lot of that. The, the ultimate goal for us here is to be a large distribution center. Um, and we want to specialize not just in one product line. You know, we, we want to represent everything that we can manufacture. And we've, we've seen that growth over the years where not all product lines need to be stocked. We've had customers who even buy directly via air freight all the way from Ajman. Yeah, and they're very, very comfortable with that. And this could be a custom cooler where even after the air freight cost, it's still more competitive buying from Dolphin compared to buying domestically, right? So we've seen a lot of that business. Mr. Nurdin, if I had to put a value on where we want to be, he wants to be a $25 million company in the next seven years, right? And it's very, very easily achievable. Uh, of course, a lot of hard work, you know, we're moving into a larger uh, warehouse, um, the reason for that is business has been good consistently since 2020, uh, you know, since the COVID year. Uh, so we are seeing quite a bit uh, of all that. So, you know, uh, just expanding, servicing uh, the customers correctly, uh, being honest with them, and then uh, just, you know, getting them to, to Dolphin, having them see exactly what we can do, and that could open up their horizons quite a bit. And then, you know, you have one more option across across the ocean where you can purchase from, which is what the main motive is. Riddish, did you say you're making aluminum replacements for cat folded cores and modular cores? Not the folded, just the okay. modulars. The modulars. Just so like AMOX like AMOX like type stuff? Basically, basically, yeah. Interesting. Yes. And and you you have that released in the market already? Like with, with some... we, uh, yes, yeah. So we don't stock it. It would be a custom order. The customer orders it. We always offer that. Hey, we can bring it on one of our containers that comes in, um, and and uh, you know domestically sell it to you. The, these are mainly aluminum square wave fins, uh, so they're you know they're easier to clean. They're much stronger. The fin strength is phenomenal. I think. You know, when you look at the square wave fin option in aluminum uh, or even copper for that matter, I think that's probably the best fin pattern I've ever seen. Uh, you know, people talk about serpentine, but but square wave fin is the way to go, at least for these applications, for sure. Yes. Well, I mean, the square wave, because because there's more surface area of the fin Correct. that touch touches the, the tube. tube. Yeah, it touches the tube. Correct. So it's my understanding that, that creates better heat dissipation. And then yes. also that allows you to open up the fins so that you can get Correct. better airflow and Correct. trash going through the core. Right? Airflow so. and, and, you know, like these vehicles or equipments are basically in environments where they're getting a lot of dust, a lot of stone particles coming in. The square wave fin, because of the thickness of the fin, it is it's the sturdiness of the fin can actually take care of all that. Plus the gaps within the fins can kind of help you get rid of the dust pretty quickly. Even, I mean, if you have to clean the unit, uh, you know, square wave fins are much easier to clean as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you've got inline tubes as opposed to staggered tubes. Exactly. Like you right. saw yes. on so many of the older pieces of equipment. So, yep. yeah. 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 No, I was, I've been really, in, I've been really impressed, uh, you know, with the, with the products that I see in your, your booths, you know, when I, 
when I walk around Apex and uh, yes. your company seems to be cutting edge, you know? So. Yeah, that's that's what we try to do. We don't we don't want to be uh, you know a bulk manufacturing company specializing in one thing. Uh, we can do multiple things at the same time, and we are not even looking for that sort of volume, anyways. Uh, but anywhere we can provide that niche in the market, you know, basically uh, quality product. It doesn't have to be always be bulk quantities. Uh, we'll we'll be okay with that. So you, Ritish, you talked about bringing people to dolphin and opening up their horizons. Yes. Well, well, we're going to have that opportunity yes. uh, with the international tour in, uh, in Dubai and Jordan coming up in, uh, in, in, in March. Uh, what can members that have, that have already signed up, what can they expect to see during this tour? So, uh, of course, get the get the factory tour, get to speak directly with engineers who will be available there, the factory manager and all of that. Um, apart from that, you know, they'll get to see the different products, which will be obviously in the production line. We've specifically told them not to stop anything at all. Uh, if, if anything, continue doing what you're doing so, you know, everybody can see what the processes are, you know, uh, stuff like that. Um, one thing that you would surely... Uh, notice which uh, in any either the aluminum plant or be it the copper brass plant is that the machinery that's being used uh, you know the header plate machines the fin machines the uh, the processes and stuff like that it's fairly new you know uh, we're not uh, the machinery is very very new um, Mr. Nurdin whatever he makes he basically puts it back in the business you know so uh he would purchase newer machinery and stuff like that i mean he even went to the stage of where he purchased cupro brace machinery you know a few years ago which obviously was a bust you know it, it didn't work out well <laughs> but he took that risk because you know he wanted cupro or at least he thought cupro brace could be the future you know uh, when it came to all that so uh, you would definitely notice all of that. Um, a very, very clean factory. Um, not because the NARSA group is going to show up. To, <laughs> that's, just, that's just how uh, they operate there. Uh, you know, uh, the corporate office and all of that. There'll be a lot of good things for you guys to look at. You know, the, the warehouse where they keep the raw material or the finished goods. Um, you know, they have a separate building where all their uh, warehouse or uh, factory employees live, uh, which is within the uh, vicinity of the of the of the company as well. So a lot of things for you guys to see, apart from all the different product lines for sure. And we're going to go to the service operation in in Georgia. yes yes yes. So service side would be you know it's twenty minutes away the next, and that's probably going to be I, I believe on the eighth and yes. uh, you know. That's something where I've I'm not too familiar with that side to be honest. Uh, but that is the bread and butter of the company, right? That's day in day out, different things happening: uh, marine plate heat exchangers, chillers, uh, pressure vessels, uh, cleaning of different things. You know, servicing automotive units or or truck units, whatever that may be. And I specifically told them this is what I want to show. Because I know a lot of members, you know, they are from that business background and they would understand that better than anybody else, better than me for sure. So, you know, we wanted to do a half day tour there. Um, yeah, 
you know, so that that would be where and that's that's probably the first place where dolphin started off. You know, so that's like historical learning as yeah. well. <laughs> we get to see we get to see the roots. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, I th- I've been on all the NIT tours and I've and I've seen plenty of factories and, and been on just regular NARSA events where NARSA members truly, I call it geeking out on radiators, yeah, is, yeah. When, is, when, is when they go to shops. I mean, yeah. factories are factories. And for some of our members, it's really cool to see, but it might not be something that's totally relevant to their business on a day-to-day. But when they get to go see a shop and especially a really big industrial shop, yeah. man, yeah. Their eyes, yeah. it's like a kid, in a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I've, so I've, we, told, I've told the engineers, you will be getting a lot of questions and I, I want the, <laughs> the members to ask a lot of questions, you know, um, they will be there to answer everything for sure. You might, you might, you might have to like turn the lights on and off for us to get out of the fact, to get out of the facility <laughs> like they do in school. You know, All right, time to, time to go guys. <laughs> right. Right. Well, either that or just announce that food's being served. And you'll get <laughs> True. <laughs> True, true, exactly right. For the, can you describe kind of? Uh, I mean, you spent a year and a half in Dubai. Some of our some of our members don't know what Dubai is like, and it's just kind of some faraway land. What 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 can you dis, can you kind of describe Dubai and your time there and whatnot? Uh, so Dubai is it's the most happening place in the Middle East. Let's let's put it that way. I know uh, Beirut, Lebanon used to be like that. You know, the party place. Uh, yeah. which a lot of people even consider the best party place till date. But Dubai is what you want to see. The infrastructure, uh, I, I think they're, you know, f- for people coming from the West, you know, from the modern world, let's put it that way, what they would get to see in terms of buildings and, you know, the malls and the food and everything else. It's just a different experience. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because... I, I would say 80% of the population of the UAE, which would be Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and the other Emirates, it's immigrants. You know, it's not their own local Arabic people. It's people from India, people from England, Scotland, Philippines, Philippines. Yeah. you know, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and all that. They come, you know, they basically make up the population. So having 80% immigrants in a country and still being at the top, that's, that's pretty much commendable, you know, and then infrastructure wise, I mean, we've all seen pictures. I've, I've seen that in reality. It's, it's amazing. You know, what you can get to see there. I, I've been there and Mark has been there as well. I, I've been there and I feel like, I feel like planning in Dubai is like, is like, all right, we're going to build a building. What's the tallest building in the world? Okay, let's make it. Let's <laughs> let, let let's let's double it. I want to double it. Right. And we're gonna build we're we're gonna build a bridge. What's the yeah. longest bridge in the world? All right, double it. <laughs> that's that's how they do it. I mean, it's just weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, sometimes I felt like the the real estate could be a bubble because not all the buildings, not all the apartments are purchased or anything of that sort. You look at the Palm Islands; not everything's purchased, but you know, it's all happening now you know, years down the road, it, it is happening. But, uh, and, you know, just even the hotel industry, I think the hotels that you guys have chosen uh, for the NARSA group to stay and the area, it's top class. It's really good. You know, I've been there. Yeah. I know it. So yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's, it's, and there's a lot to see. So whoever's going to stay back after the tours, uh, even if it's for a couple of days, you would be able to capture quite a bit. Yeah. I, somebody, uh, 
somebody emailed me and they said, my wife's wondering what kind of, how, how should she dress? And, and I said, where are we going to dinner? I said, well, I said, let me tell you this. I said, you know, we're probably going to, I said, I said, Dubai is, is pretty classy. Yes. And I said, yes. we go to dinner and wherever it is, we're probably going to be like Rolls Royces and Bentleys. <laughs> and, and I said, and I said, and the occasional Mercedes S-Class, it's their beater. <laughs> or, 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 the ta- or, or the taxi. I mean, you, yeah. I was just yeah. saying, you, you pull up Uber yeah. in, in, in Dubai and one of two cars shows up. It's either, yeah. it's either a Lexus hybrid yeah. or, or, or a Tesla. And, and you sit there and like, well, I don't know about you in, in Dallas yeah. or, or, or Fort Worth, yeah. but if I pull up an Uber here in Puerto Rico, it's like a Yaris. It's like a Toyota <laughs> Yaris, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a little bit, that. A little bit you, different. You'll be amazed to see Mr. Northern's car collection. Oh, <laughs> man. Me, I think we should have a tour specifically just for that. <laughs> let's, look, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Sure, we can fit it in somewhere. <laughs> but but we we are truly appreciative of of Dolphin support in the NIT and all the companies in the past. Uh, it means so much to us and to the organization and 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 kind of the NIT is is, is something that I, is very special to me. And to have the support of Dolphin out in Dubai and be able to welcome people from all over the world is uh is 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 truly special and and it's what makes narsa narsa and 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 on behalf of myself and narsa we truly appreciate you guys kind of being willing to being willing to receive us it's going to be great we're really looking forward to it. it is i know we discussed this idea all i th- i believe all the way back in 2020 you know yes uh, yes, or probably yes, before yes. that and uh, yes. we, you know we were excited since then because we wanted to do this so we're we're absolutely excited for this and we hope everybody has a good time and yes ask a lot of questions you know uh, that's once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of people to travel all the way and i know it's long ways out i mean for me it's going to be a 16 hour straight flight out of dallas so i do understand that but uh, no you'll be you'll be in a great city there's a lot to do after 5 p.m. Uh, apart from drinking uh, you know, <laughs> uh, so yes no, it'll be fun. Yeah. So, you know, this, this opportunity has really kind of reinforced our international presence, you know, sure, and, and that's sure. very, that's very important. That's something that, that we, we felt like it, when I say we, you know, the board of directors, yep, and NARSA yep. management felt like was important for our future is to become a truly international organization and you're help and you're helping us to achieve that. Uh, really so yes yeah thank you thank you oh, yeah. very much yeah exactly it's, it's we're really looking forward to it i can't wait it, it's been super beneficial for dolphin you know just to be a part of this group uh not just business-wise just the exposure that you get uh, things that we get to learn uh that's that's definitely helpful as you just heard our association involves companies from all over the world and we really learn and benefit from each other in this network If you are not yet a member of NARSA IDEA, we'd love to have you join us. Learn about membership by visiting our website, narsa-idea.org. Please also save the date for the upcoming 2023 Spring Conference at Empire Radiator Service in Rochester, New York. 
The dates for that conference are April the 27th and 28th. Please be on the lookout for information for registration, which should open up in the next couple of weeks. We're still working out some of the programming and details for this event. Our theme this year is Fabricate to Generate Profits. Details will be made available on our website, narsa-idea.org, and there will also be email blasts going out to notify everyone of when registration opens up. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a great conference this year. Stay connected with NARSA by following us on social media at NARSA Now on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're also active on LinkedIn and YouTube. Just search for NARSA. And don't forget to subscribe to Sovereign Soot wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Bobby, another great episode. To all of our listeners, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.